Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Thank you for being here, and uh, thank you for joining us online. We're so glad you are here today. So uh, in case you missed it, my name's Brandon Keller. I am the uh, student director here at the church, and uh, my family and I have been here for about 15 years now uh, being part of this church. And so uh, here's a picture of my family from my oldest daughter, Stacia's wedding uh, last January. So uh, my oldest daughter, Stacia, uh, she's graduating from West Georgia College uh, in about two weeks, actually. Uh, which is really awesome. And then my youngest daughter, Carly, uh, she is graduating high school uh, this June. Some of you got to see Carly speak last week. Did any of you get to see Carly speak last week? Yeah, good, awesome, good. So, uh, so that's our family. Like I said, we've been here for about 15 years. My wife is the executive pastor here at the church now, and, and I uh, work with our teenagers every single week, and it's just something I love to do. And, and speaking of teenagers, uh, tonight I was actually gonna host an awesome outdoor movie event at my house tonight uh, for all the teenagers, but it's supposed to rain. So if you have a teenager, please don't bring them to my house. Um, bring them to the church. We're going we're gonna, to uh, watch the movie here at the church and have some free food and snacks and stuff for the teenagers here at the church instead because outdoor movies in the rain just doesn't sound like a great time uh, for anybody, especially me. So, um, so I'm curious, uh, as, as I got ready to kind of work on this message. Pastor Jeff gives me an opportunity like once a year. He's like, hey, you want to speak to the church? I'm like, sure. And I said, well, what do you want me to speak on? And he's like, ah, whatever you've, whatever's on your heart. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot on my heart. And so I started kind of pondering and, and praying about it. And the Holy Spirit kind of got in my head a little bit. And, and this is something that I've, I've been working on personally. So I thought I'd kind of share it with you. So I'm curious how many of you know somebody that is easily offended. Now don't point at them if, or elbow them if they're next to you because that will offend them. They're easily offended, right? And so it, I think we all know somebody that's easily offended. If, if you don't know somebody that's easily offended, you should get on social media because everybody is offended on social media nowadays. Um, if you spend any time on social media, you'll see that everybody's offended all the time. It is a jungle out there, in fact about people being offended on social media. And so what I found is that for me, it is so easy for me to get offended over something just trivial or small. I'm just like, ugh, what the heck? Why would you do that? Or, you know, what what is your decision-making? And so like, if I'm talking to somebody and I say something and they just kind of roll their eyes at me, Oh, I'm offended. I'm like pronto offended. If, if somebody uses the wrong tone with me while I'm talking to them, especially if it's a child in my house, I am very, very offended at their tone with me. I can, oh, okay, a few of you, good, awesome, good. Um, if, if we're supposed to meet someplace and you show up late and make me wait, I'm offended about why you made me wait, right? If, it, maybe you show up for a, a holiday dinner and this very fancy thing and somebody dresses the way that you don't think they should have shown up for this thing. You're like, 
really, that's the decision you made, right? You're kind of offended about what they're doing. Maybe you're offended at your neighbor's political sign in their yard. Can I get an amen, right? It doesn't matter. Maybe you're offended over somebody wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. It depends on what, what day it is and how you want to feel. You can be offended over something crazy. And for me, I get offended over things that are really crazy, like if I go out of my way to help somebody and they don't show appreciation for that, I can be offended at that. So for example, I drive to Atlanta every day for work. And so if I'm driving to Atlanta and traffic's really bad and somebody's trying to merge on the freeway, I have a decision to make of whether or not to let them in, right? And so I slow down, I give them the wave, they pull in. If they do not give me the thank you wave, I am offended. I'm like, come on, I could have left you on the shoulder. You'd still be waiting if it wasn't for my grace. You would still be waiting on the shoulder. You gotta at least give me the wave and say thank you, right? I mean, I can be offended about that. If I text somebody and we're like having a back and forth conversation, and then all of a sudden it just stops, they stop responding, but I see the little bubbles and then they disappear. I'm like, what just happened? We were having a conversation, you started to respond, and then did you just put your phone down? I don't know what happened. I'm like offended, we were right in the middle of a conversation. Usually this is Danny Dorsey this happens with, but, <laughs> but I, I like get offended about this stuff, right? We can get offended just scrolling on social media. Anybody do the Thumb Olympics where you're just kind of scrolling on social media, killing time, and all of a sudden you're, you're getting a little bit offended. You're like, why is that person posting so much? What? That is way too personal. Why would you post that? It's just like, or maybe it's just like, you know, oh, another political rant. Great, great. Just keep scrolling past that. Or, hey, how come my friend always comments on that person's post but never comments on my post? It's like, I'm putting out some good content here. They could at least give me the likes or something, right? It's just like, we can be offended. We live in an age of perpetual offense. We are just offended. We are quick to be offended. We're quick to judge people. We're quick to become bitter over a situation. And this is something God is working on in me because if you're in a continuous search to be offended, you will be offended all the time, right? Let me repeat that. If you're looking to be offended, you will be offended. It's really easy to be offended nowadays if that's what you're looking for in your life. But I hope you'll understand that there is never, ever, ever a win in living an offended life. Your life is not gonna be better because you're offended. I have never caught myself saying, I am so much happier because now I'm bitter, right? It's just like, I'm having a better day because I'm offended by traffic, right? It's just like that stuff, my marriage is stronger because I'm holding a grudge. It's like that stuff doesn't happen. We cannot live that offended life. There has never been a win in living offended. And I have to tell myself this over and over and over and try to internalize it. And I'm going to share it with you. It's point one on your outline is this. It's our life is too short and our calling is too great to be offended by something small. Our life is too short. Honestly, our life is too short and our calling is too great to be offended by something small. Let's look at Proverbs 19.11. There's so much great wisdom in Proverbs. I love it. It says, a person's wisdom yields patience. 
It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. If you have an old school paper outline, you can circle the word uh, overlook there or, or make a note in your digital copy or whatever. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So if we break down that verse, it says, wisdom yields patience and patience leads to us overlooking an offense, which leads to our glory. So the wiser we are, the more patience we'll have, the more we'll be able to overlook an offense, and that is to our glory. Well, I'll tell you what, I could use more glory in my life. I don't know about you guys, maybe you're all full on glory, but I could use more glory. So I need more wisdom so that I will have more patience so that I can overlook offenses. So that's why I wanted to title this message is I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm overlooking offenses. I am over it. Whatever that it is, and we all have a different it that will set us off, I'm over it today. So how do we, how do we, how do we get over it? How do, we, how do we fix this thing where we're not offended by everything happening to us? How do we get over all these nonstop offenses that are happening to us? How do we grow as Christians through this time of perpetual offense? Number two on your outline is this. It is, I will close the gap with love. Close the gap with love. You're like, okay, well, what, what does that mean? So let's look at Proverbs 10:12. Proverbs 10:12 says this. It says, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Love covers all wrongs. Love covers all wrongs. So hatred complicates and distances relationships, but love covers all offenses. Love covers offenses. We close the gap with love. So let me unpack this for you for a minute about what, this, what I mean by closing the gap with love. In every moment, there, sorry, there's a moment in every interaction. Every interaction you have with another person, there's a moment, it's a split second between their action and your reaction. That is the gap. Their action and your reaction, there's a split second there that you get to decide what you put in the gap. And that's the beauty of it. You get to decide what you put in that gap between their action and your reaction. You get to choose what you put in the gap. So if I'm driving on the road here, maybe up 155 and I'm doing the speed limit, and I look in my rearview mirror and there's nothing but giant Ford F-150 grill because the guy's like tailgating me right on the back, back bumper. He's putting me and my family in harm's way because he's going to kill us because he's full of road rage. I have a decision to make on what my reaction is to his action. I have to decide if I'm going to fill the gap with love or what I'm going to fill the gap with. There's an instant where we have to interpret that person's words or actions in how we're going to respond. We're going to interpret what they've said or done so that we know how to respond. There's that instant we get to do that. The problem is we are horrible interpreters. 
We're horrible at, at interpreting. And how do I know this? Because we've all had something we've said or done be, be misinterpreted, right? You ever said or done something and then their response was like, well, how dare you? And you're like, no, 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 that's not what I meant at all. I mean, you should know my heart. That's not what I meant. You know, we, we're friends or, you know, you should know my heart. But we are terrible at interpreting other people's actions. We're horrible interpreters. In fact, we're so bad at interpreting, psychologists have come up with a term to describe how bad we are at interpreting. And it's this, it's the fundamental attribution error. This is a real thing, the fundamental attribution error. And it's this, it says, we attribute our own behavior to our circumstances while attributing someone else's actions to their character. In other words, if I do something, it's because of my circumstances. If you do something, it's because you're a terrible person, right? We, we attribute somebody else's actions to their character, not because of their circumstances. And so we have to be so careful about this because we look too quickly at what somebody is doing and try to interpret why they're doing it. And it usually it's because we think they're purposely coming after us. If I'm late for a meeting between us, I had an excuse. If you're late for our meeting, it's because you don't respect me or my time. See how that works? That's that fundamental attribution error where we kind of fill in the gap. In other words, if I disappoint you, it's like, come on, you, you know me, we've been friends. You know, I didn't mean to say that. That's not what I meant or, or whatever. But if you say something towards me, I'm just like, well, they're rude. They're, man, they're out for themselves. They're selfish, right? They don't care about me. They only care about themselves, right? We, we put people's actions in line with what we think their character is, the fundamental attribution error. It's this misinterpretation that we do all the time. And so here's an example. So who here has children of any age? Good. At home, raise your hand. Good. All right. If you've had children, chances are you've had this happen to you, where you are at a store and your child throws a phase 10 hissy fit. None of you? Okay, great. Yeah, I'm the only one that's children. Okay, so your child, you know, in the grocery store maybe is like throwing things off the shelf, like grabbing things in the cart, and like throwing them and like screaming and yelling and kicking you in the shins and like throwing themselves on the ground and doing that whole fish thing that kids do where they go completely limp, like there's not a bone left in their body, right? And when that happens, as parents, we're like, our poor child is like, we've had them out too long today. They didn't get their nap. They didn't get their snack. I'm all, their juice cup's empty. It's like, you know, there's a reason why they're acting up like that. But if you're at the grocery store and you see another parent dragging their screaming kid down the aisle, you're like, well, that's a bad parent with a future felon. Right? It's just like, <laughs> you, it's like you immediately decide their character rather than their circumstance. That's what we do. And so there is that gap that we have to fill in that gap. And we have a spiritual enemy out there, the devil, Satan, whatever name you want to use. The book of Revelation calls him the accuser. The accuser is what the book of Revelation says. The devil wants you to fill that gap with accusations. With accusations is what the devil wants you to do. 
He wants you to fill the gap with accusations like, oh, well, they're all about themselves. And oh, they, they never think about other people. Or oh, they, you know, I should have expected this from them, right? They've done me wrong before. The devil wants you to fill that gap before you react with accusations. And this is what I've learned is that accusations will absolutely destroy relationships. They'll erode marriages. Accusations will split a church if you allow accusations to continue to happen. That's why the devil wants to fill the gap with accusations, but God wants us to close the gap with love. Some more wisdom from Proverbs 17, 9 says this. It says, whoever wants to show love forgives a wrong, but those who talk about it separate close friends. Whoever wants to show love forgives a wrong. Love gives the benefit of the doubt. Love continues to believe in that other person. Love believes the best. Love forgives wrongs. So in my example, if I'm sitting on the couch on Saturday night watching TV, very relaxed in my pajamas, whatever, and my wife walks in and says, hey, did you get the clothes out of the dryer? I have a decision to make in my reaction, right? I could react with accusations like, what, do you think I'm seven? I'm a 47-year-old man. I know how to do laundry. Come on, right? It's like, why are you always up on my back? I'm just trying to watch this TV. I'll do it when I'm done. Or I can respond in love. Wow, I sure am glad you reminded me because that shirt I want to wear tomorrow is in the dryer. Man, my wife's always looking out for me. I'm lucky to have her, right? I have to decide what I'm going to fill in that gap of that decision. And maybe this has already happened to you and, and you'll be thinking about it, or maybe it's coming at Christmas, is that you spend all day, couple days, whatever it is, getting your house ready, cleaning, cooking, preparing, all that stuff. And then family shows up for that big meal. And then there's that one relative that shows up. You know the one. If you don't know the one, you're probably the one. that always makes those little snide remarks, those little, yeah, turkey's a little drier than last year, it seems like. Oh, you didn't put relish in the deviled eggs? Uh, no mac and cheese, right? It's just like, there's always that one person, but you have to decide what you're going to do in that moment. Are you gonna let that person's comments destroy your holiday and all of your time with your family over a couple of stupid little comments? Or are you going to fill the gap with love and just enjoy that time with your family, regardless of how that person's acting or what they're saying? You decide what to put in that gap. Close the gap with love. Ephesians 4.2 says this. It says, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults, because of your love. Literally the first five words there, be patient with each other. We could do like an eight week series just on that. Cause I think if we could all master being patient with each other, everybody's lives would be better. But make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. It's so important. Why? Because love gives the benefit of the doubt. Love makes allowances for others. Love forgives wrongs. We 
forgive wrongs because Jesus first forgave our wrongs, right? That's how we know how to do that. God gave us grace. We must give grace to others. And so 15 years ago when I came to this church, my wife and I moved here from uh, Nevada and uh, my wife wanted to start visiting churches. And so we came here and uh, I was an atheist at the time. So some of you have heard this, some of you haven't, but I was an atheist at the time that we came to this church 15 years ago. And I only came to support my wife and then I got saved and my life's been much better. And now I spend all my time working with our teenagers to hopefully help them avoid making the same mistakes I made as well. But I couldn't have stood up here 15 years ago and talked to you guys about forgiving offenses because I didn't understand what forgiveness was. I didn't really understand it until it was freely given to me by God that I could learn to forgive others the way he forgave me. And so maybe that's what you're struggling with today is that you can't forgive others because you haven't truly been forgiven of what you've done. And so today what I want to do is I just want to pray for those people that need to make that decision today. So if you'll just bow your heads here in the sanctuary and online. God, I just come to you today, God, and I'm just so thankful for the forgiveness you gave me. God, that I can learn to forgive other people the way you forgave me so freely. God, I ask if there's anybody out there today that needs to start a relationship with you, that needs to be forgiven of their sins, God, so that they can learn to forgive others, God, that they will make that decision today. That they'll say, God, I need you in my life to forgive me of my sins so that I can forgive others. Become the Lord of my life. God, I just know right now, this is burning on people's hearts to make that decision because they've been holding on to offenses for way too long. And God, I just ask that you give them the courage to make that decision today, God, to be forgiven of their sins so they can forgive other people. In your name we pray, amen. amen. And if you made that decision today, you can uh, check a box on your digital or your paper connection card. Or if you're at home, you can, or even here in the sanctuary, you can text following Christ to the number on the screen and somebody will reach out to you and just kind of follow up with you about that next step because you truly cannot learn to forgive until you've learned to be forgiven. And that's just so important. So we must make allowances. We must give the benefit of the doubt. We must, because of our love, overlook offenses that are happening to us. In other words, some of you may need to hear this. I know I needed to hear it. Someone else's decisions and their actions are not all about you. It's not all about you. And this is something I've struggled with because I had to realize the guy that doesn't know how to drive through the roundabout, that's not all about me. That's them being dumb, not knowing how to use a roundabout. I can't I can't personalize that and take that as an offense because he stopped in the roundabout and tried to wave me in, right? I, I can't be offended about that. That person standing in line in front of me at the Quickie Mart when I'm just trying to buy my energy drink and get out of there is picking out lottery tickets like one at a time. Give me a number seven, number 15. And I'm behind him like, come on, 
right? That's not all about me, but I, I make it about me. That inconsiderate family member that said that political rant on Facebook that I'm like, oh boy, right? That's not all about me. I have to not make it all about me. And when you start to realize that it's not all about you, you can start to close that gap with love. But you have to first realize it's not all about you. You want to give other people the benefit of the doubt, just like you would want them to give to you. And the only way you can do that is close the gap with love. Well, but what if somebody's just rude to you? What if somebody is blatantly just aggressive towards you? How, How do you manage that being offended because you're like, all right, I have a right to be offended. This is, this is about me because they're attacking me personally, right? They're coming after me because Satan wants you to put accusation in that gap, right? God wants you to fill the gap with love. So do you, do you let them attack you and then, and you let that ruin your day as you just kind of stew on it or, or do you close the gap with love, And one of the things I've learned here in my 15 years being with Pastor Jeff is that he always says, hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. And it took me a long time to understand that. But this is what I've started to realize that when somebody comes at me, I need to start thinking about what's going on with them that's causing them to act this irrational way, right? Because we all have an idea of what rational behavior is. And then when somebody doesn't act that way, we're like, whoa, right? And so what, what, what happened that they're acting this way? I have to try to internalize that and figure out what's happening that they're acting this irrational, offensive way towards me. And let me tell you, this is not easy to do in the moment, right? Because in the moment, you want to like, you know, oh, you come at me, I'm coming back at you, right? It's just like, you want to kind of, you know, come after them the same way they're coming after you. And so a lot of times you don't realize it till later that you're like, oh, I should have shown more grace in that situation. I'm sure that person was hurting about something, but I didn't. I, I reacted. I put accusations in the gap. I judged their character based on their decision rather than their circumstances. And so Often we need to be thinking, you know, why are they hurting? How can I help them? You know, maybe, maybe to diffuse the situation, you go, hey, how can I pray for you today? I don't know if that would diffuse the situation. It may make it worse. Don't take all my advice. Uh, that's my disclaimer. But, how, you know, maybe, maybe they just had a terrible day. Maybe they've got laid off from their job. They don't know how they're going to provide for their family. Maybe somebody was just offensive to them or they're just passing it downstream to you. We don't know why people act that way, but we have to think about hurting people hurt people. There's always going to be a gap, but we have to choose what to put in that gap. And I don't know about you guys, but I have better things to do with my life than be offended all the time. Can I get an amen for that? Anybody else? Tired of being offended. It, it's just, it wears you out. It's, it's exhausting. So number three on your outline is this. It's the calling ahead of me is greater than the offenses behind me. The calling ahead of me is greater than the offenses that are behind me. God has called me 
to something bigger. God has called you to something greater. The calling ahead of you is great. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God wants to prosper you, give you a hope and a future, right? The calling for you is great. What has God called you to do in this moment to be great? For me, God has called me to, I feel like, work with the teenagers. I've been doing that for 13 years or something, and I've got to watch some teenagers in this church turn into awesome humans uh, later. And so uh, it, it's, been, it's been a calling on my life. But this is what I've learned, that if, if I fill my time with being offended and bitter, and I'm like fired up about the political race and, and, and you know, whether or not this pandemic is planned and, and just bitter, and the teenagers don't want to hang out with bitter Brandon. Bitter Brandon is no fun. Ask my wife. Uh, he's not a fun guy. The teenagers don't want to hang out with me when I'm bitter and offended and angry all the time, right? Guess what? People probably don't want to hang out with you when you're acting that way either. And last time I read the Bible, we are all called to the Great Commission to share the word with those around us. And you can't do that if you're angry and bitter and offended by everything going on around you. You are called to something greater and can't be bothered by those offenses that are happening behind you. So in that choice, in that instance, we have to make that choice. Are we going to let God lift us up over it? Or are we going to let the devil pull us down in that situation? For me, I'm going to say, I'm over it, right? Can you guys say it with me one time? I'm over it, right? I'm over that situation. I'm over being offended at every little thing that happens along the way. The calling ahead of me is too great for me to be worried about the offenses behind me. I'm over it. Let's go back to Proverbs 19.11 where we started this. It says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It is a person's wisdom that yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It is to your glory. It is God honoring to overlook an offense. Now, what does it mean to overlook an offense? What does that mean, I'm going to overlook something? And so to overlook an offense is not the same thing as forgetting it didn't happen or ignoring it completely. That's, that's different than overlooking it. You have to make a conscious decision to let it go. That is how you overlook something. It is a form of forgiveness in real time. Like this is instantaneous forgiveness as soon as the offense happens. Not something that you're gonna carry on for the next three weeks and like run over in your head a couple times. Oh, next time I'm gonna say this. And if they say that again, I'll be ready. I'm gonna say this. And this is how I'm gonna... That is not forgiveness in real time. That's what this is all about. Filling the gap with love means you forgive in real time as things happen. And I have a next step for you on your connection card. And it's this, I will forgive offenses faster. Maybe it's not real time, but start to realize that the faster you forgive offenses, the faster you can be a better, happier person because the calling on your life is great. 
and you can't let those offenses slow you down. So instead of, instead of, you know, instead of letting that weigh us down, we need to get over it. We need, we need to be over it. Whatever that thing is, whatever that offense is, in real time, we need to overlook that offense and fill the gap with love. Because my calling and your calling elevates you. It lifts you up. It, it takes you above whatever that, that stuff is that's happening below you, those offenses that are happening in real time. Your calling in your life and my life lifts us up over that. In the moment, I'm over it. I'm gonna practice real-time forgiveness so that I won't fill the gap with something worse. I'm gonna close the gap with love. So I hope this is something that you guys will take through the holidays and, and let it kind of just stir in you a little bit and start to realize when things are happening that it's not all about you and that you know you will start to fill that gap with love and realize that gap, their action, the gap, and then your reaction. You get to decide what to put in that gap. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. God, thank you so much that I'm given the opportunity to be here and just uh, talk about this thing that's been on my heart. God, this is something that uh, would just lift us all up, God, if we can learn to forgive in real time, to not be pulled down with the offenses, God, but to close the gap with love. God, we know the enemy out there wants us to fill the gap with accusations, God, but your love, God, the love you've shown us, God, let us show that love to other people by closing the gap with love. God, thank you so much for the hearts that are being changed in this church, God, because of your word. God, thank you for what this church has done for me and my family throughout these years. God, let us go into this holiday season, God, not being offended by everything going on around us, God, but just showing your love to other people by closing the gap with love. God, thank you for everything in this church. In your name we pray, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just wanna say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.